LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we're talking about something, you know, we always have, a, a I would say, a substantive topic to cover. Ooh, big word right off the gate. Substantive topic to cover. But today, I think we're covering one that many people struggle with, a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of staff at churches, maybe even volunteers at churches struggle with this. And so I think it's going to be a crucial listen and something that is helpful to, which we always want to be helpful yeah, to always. all those listening. And Practical. so uh, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into the topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here's the question. Okay. Can you have fun in ministry? Wow. Can, can you do ministry in such a way that you are enjoying what you're doing? Because if you're like me, you've met a lot of leaders, a lot of pastors who have that permanent frown. <laughs> do they, you have anybody in they, mind? They, I have no one in mind. Just, just thinking saying, in general. In general, there is a, I mean, the honest truth is there's a huge struggle in ministry. Yes. When you're dealing with your own life and your own problems, that can be a struggle. When you're yeah. shepherding hundreds, thousands, even dozens of people, regardless of the number, regardless. you're bearing the weight and burden a lot of times. Uh, and maybe not well, rightfully so, but you are bearing the burden of, of those individuals. And okay. that can be a stressful challenge. So a friend of mine, Mark Dance, who's kind of a friend and um, accountability partner, he's, uh, he's a pastor to pastors at Lifeway. And we meet uh, about every four to six weeks just for accountability. And he always says, this is so good. He says, in the ministry, the ministry is the only place you have to win at both home and work. Mm. I think about yeah. that. Like in every other business, you can win at work and 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 be a deadbeat dad and still have and your still job. Still be successful. Still be job. successful. Yeah. People praise you. They write articles about you. Right. Uh, you could be a salesman, win at work, and be an abusive husband at home. But in the ministry, you have to win at both home and work because mm -hmm. what Paul was telling Timothy is that the little little home. Uh, the, the little church of your home yeah. is a direct connection to the big church that you're pastoring and both go hand in hand. Right. So as pastors, it's challenging. Um, you know, we all live in what we call glass homes, right. you know, where there's no secret and everybody holds us to a higher standard. Right. And if, if, you know, they can drive a Mercedes, yeah. You better not have a Mercedes. No, definitely not. That would be a sin <laughs> so for you to Here's what's funny. I'll tell you a funny story. So when I came to Christ, uh, I was still dressing like I did, you know, yeah. going to the clubs, black and on black. Give me some brand names if you could. Well, I don't, I don't, I think I shopped at the Buckle a lot. Affliction? I wore that Affliction. <laughs> now I still wear brand, Affliction, so be careful. Be careful. <laughs> Back then. American Fighter. American uh, Fighter. Have you heard of that brand? Uh, I have. I love that. Brand. Okay. Yeah. That's the, and then I was just, I was just wearing like, like clothes I wear at the club because I didn't know there was like yeah. a protocol to church life. Right. Okay. But not only did I bring that into the church world, but I brought my 2003 black on black Cadillac CTS, 20 inch chrome katana rims and a $9,000. Yeah. Driving up here. Okay. You ready for this? So I would go preach. I, I tell you, uh, those who know my testimony, like right away I started preaching like, right. like two months after being a Christian, you're probably saying you don't even know how to preach. No, I didn't, but I knew how to do magic tricks. Okay. Well, 
let's say it uh, but politically correct, illusions. Yeah, that's right. Card tricks. Illusions. We don't want any right. emails, right? There's no magic but, involved. But so I would go to these, okay, listen, I go to these churches and I would cruise up, not playing Eminem and Tupac and Dr. Right. Dre. Like you used to before Christ. Correct. Now I'm playing DJ Madge, Cross Movement, KJ52. <laughs> Cruising in, you know, for the event. And I'll never forget, at the end of One Disciple Now, the local pastor, small church pastor in Mississippi, got up and he said, Brother Robbie, he said, we've enjoyed having you, but son, you'll never pastor a Baptist church with a Cadillac like that. <laughs> so, wow. I learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, that is uh, valuable. We, li- yeah. we live in a glass home, okay? We, but, you do. But here's the thing we're going to get to. How can we enjoy the ministry right. and still make a difference for God? Because you and I know a lot of guys mm-hmm. who are simply burnt out. Yes. 70% of pastors, according to one study, do not have a friend in the ministry, a wow. close friend in their church ministry. That is crazy. 70%. Seven out of 10 would say, in my church, I've got no close friend that I can trust Man. and confide in. That's crazy. That's tough, right? And then we have guys falling out the ministry every single day. I mean, just falling away, never come back. So here's the thing. Can you uh, make an impact for the kingdom of God right. and enjoy the journey? I think you can. And I want to give a couple insights that I've learned along the way, okay? Sure. When I came to Long Hollow, what I told our church is this, uh, and I told our staff this particularly. We had a staff meeting. I had all the staff in there, and you were in there, Chris. You remember this early on. I said, here's what I want to do with our staff. In fact, the first year at Long Hollow, we labeled it the year of the what? The year of the staff. The year of the staff. I remember it well. We invested (laughs) in the staff. We had fun as a staff. But here's what I told the guys and, and the girls on staff. I said, what good is it to take the mountain for God and hate the journey getting there? Like... Yes, I mean, the, the, the end justifies the means, but if the means is not something that you enjoy, what good is it, right? Yeah, you can change the world for Christ, but you hated every minute of it, and you have to go to counseling, and you're miserable, yeah. and you're depressed all the time, and you move from shepherding people yeah. to managing spreadsheets at some churches. And I would argue know? that's probably not the biblical approach. That's probably not probably, the way- Paul didn't have it. an Excel- yeah. document. I'm just going to go on a limb here. He probably, what do you think, Dylan? I mean, I don't think Paul had Excel spreadsheet open, uh, you know, year over year, goal over goal. But anyway, I, uh, we digress. Okay. So here's the thing. How do you enjoy the ministry and really impact the kingdom of God? The first thing is this. When I came, when I came into Long Hollow and even Brainerd, the first church uh, or, my, or, my, or my, the second church I pastored, here's what I did, Chris. I set the tone of what was expected for them by giving giving them my personal vision and mission of expectations from them. So here's what I said. I said, we're going to be a disciple-making church, which includes both evangelism and discipleship. You cannot have one without the other. Right. A lot of church, and listen, we struggle with this as well, trying to keep that pendulum in the middle. It's got to be a both hand, yeah. not an either or, or. And at times, yes, it'll swing to one side, but it has to be both evangelism and discipleship. Baptism is not the finish line. It's the starting line. It's the starting line, right? Praise God for baptism. Let's high five people. High five when people are getting baptized and saved, but don't end there. Don't end there, okay? Yeah. So we set the vision and mission of, our, of, our, of, our, of the course of our church. But then in the year of the staff, I invested my time with the staff. Right. I got to know the staff. And now, three and a half years later, almost, these staff guys are some of my closest friends in the ministry. Right. These are guys I hang out with. These are people I go to lunch with. Not because I have to, because right. I like them. 
So on this team, so when, when you started, uh, I, I know you pastored three churches and those three churches, when you arrived, everything was just golden. You showed up. No. Everyone was happy you were here. Everything went smooth. And you just kept cruising at all three of these churches, no. right? Most people, when I showed up, thought, did we just hire this guy, former Catholic, drug addict, alcoholic, so, never been raised so in a Baptist is, church? How, yeah. How did you get from a challenging beginning, which I think a lot of people face because you come to a new church, they don't know you, you don't know them. Yeah. Uh, they probably have had a pastor before unless you're planning a church. And so they have expectations and experience with someone else. And there's comparisons happening. Um, some that like you better, some that don't like you as much, all of those things are going on and you've got a family, you're a human being, <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, and so you're in the midst of those struggles. How did you transition at all three of these places? Because I think for from what I've heard you say, you did get to a point where ministry at each one was, in essence, fun. Again, that's not the end goal. We're not saying fun is the end goal. Yeah. We're saying it can happen that you can have fun while you're accomplishing the end goal of making disciples, which is what we want to be all about. But how did you turn the corner at these three churches to get from maybe a struggling, challenging beginning, and mm -hmm. each one different, but a struggling, challenging beginning, to get to the point where you say, man, this is where we want to be as a staff. Okay. Yeah, this is a loaded question. But okay, here's what I say. A couple of things just thinking about. Number one is this. My ministry to other people is in direct connection to God's ministry to me. Mm. Okay. Here's what we tell people. Yes, like people say, well, I've never had a disciple. I've never been discipled by people. Well, in a sense, nobody as a Christian can really say that because if you're a Christian, Christ through the scriptures, through the word is discipling you. Okay. So we get that. And granted, I mean, that's not the only kind of discipleship because obviously God ministers to us through the word and, and, right. and through church and friendships, but everybody is being ministered to by God. Okay. Through scripture, through prayer, through the spiritual discipline. So what I would say is people in your church can tell, watch this, if the ministry is a job or if the ministry for you is the passion of your life. They can sniff that wow. out. You don't think they can, yeah. but I'm telling you, if you're looking as a pastor to just do the bare minimums to right. get by, to get a check, well, I mean, let's be honest. I'm gonna go out in a band, I mean, I'm gonna go out in a soapbox. Is that okay? That's fine. Is That's that better than a band Dylan's wagon. okay with it, okay. I, I don't wanna be in a bandwagon. Yeah, I don't wanna be, I'm trying to actually break the bandwagon. Okay, I'm gonna go in a soapbox. Here, here's the thing. The Wait, ministry. Before you start talking from the soapbox, Ooh. let's take a brief break. A cliffhanger. cliffhanger. We will return. Have you been looking for a way to train your church to make disciples? Our team here at Replicate, Robbie Gallaty, Candy Gallaty, Tim LaFleur, Gus Hernandez, and myself, Chris Swain, have put together a digital discipleship blueprint. We've taken our live event that thousands have attended, thousands have been impacted by, and we put it together so that you can get it and watch from the comfort of your own church and show this to your people and use it as a training tool. You will learn how to plan, formulate, and develop a disciple-making culture in your church and its ministries. You can check it out at replicate.org slash buy blueprint, B-U-Y blueprint, replicate.org slash buy blueprint. If you'd like to check out the digital discipleship blueprint. Okay. What was this soapbox that you set up? I've been eager to hear what you're going to stand on this box and say. Okay, here, I, I don't need a soapbox just for the record, but I'm going to stand on it. So tall on a soapbox, your head is hitting the ceiling. I am right hitting now. the ceiling right now, standing on the soapbox. No, here's the thing. Uh, let's be honest. The ministry is an easy place to be lazy. 
Mm. Okay? I'm just going to go out and say it. Because the reality is we have to be self-motivated in the ministry. Like, I hire guys on my staff and, and ladies on my staff that I don't have to babysit. Right. Like if I've got to tell you over and over how to do your job and I'm doing your job for you, then I yeah. need to find somebody that can do your job. Right. Because <laughs> you're not doing it yeah. at that point. Yeah. I mean, you know, the old, you know, the old adage, right? Automate, delegate. Yeah. Or what? You remember the last one? Automate, delegate. I want to say replicate. Rep, I like an, replicate. I don't know if it's replicate. But that's not the answer. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, you got to keep thinking. If I'm doing your job for you, then okay. Right. So the ministry's easy to be uh, easy to be lazy in a, right. as a minister of the gospel. So we have to be self motivated. We have to be growing as a leader. Whatever you're leading, you could be leading the church pastorally as a senior pastor. You could be leading a men's ministry. Mm-hmm. You can be leading a men's a women's ministry. People will see. Watch right. this. If you love the ministry of Jesus more than you love the Jesus of the ministry you have. Mm, wow. And that is the love affair, Chris, that yeah. many people have to repent of. And wow. it's a love affair we have to be careful of. That's an sure. adulterous affair. Yeah, It's an adulterous affair where you and I will fall in love with the benefits and the blessings right. of being in ministry. Now, how do, you, how do you curb that? How do you keep that from happening? You have to consistently... I would I would I would submit daily mm-hmm. look in the mirror at yourself mm-hmm. and let God rewrite and point out certain things in your life that need course corrections okay right. so here's the question how do you look in a mirror every single day spiritually mm-hmm. that will cause you to examine yourself and make course corrections how do you do it well I think I think you're going to tell us in a second Yes, that's exactly <laughs> I right. Add on, I want to elaborate on something you said, because I think a lot of guys out there are thinking it. Okay. And it is this. You know, there are a lot of people doing a lot of jobs around the world, around uh, the U.S. right now, listening right now, who they would say, man, I, you know, I'm selling cars, or I'm, I own this uh, restaurant, yeah. or, uh, you know, whatever it is. I'm not trying to demean any job. I'm just saying they're in those jobs that aren't ministry. Right. And they're constantly struggling with, am I making a difference? Yes. Is what I'm doing doing matter. Yes. And what I find in those types of roles is you're you're looking at how do I turn whatever it is I'm doing into something that God can use uh, for his glory. Yes. And regardless of your job, he can do that. And so that's the great news. In ministry, it's it's almost the flip side of that. And it's what you mentioned a while ago. We know that what we're doing, because it's ministry, at least we assume that this is making a difference. Yeah. So we're, we rarely struggle with, is what I'm doing critical and important for changing the world? We're investing in that. But then the other side of that, the mechanics of ministry, the routine of ministry, uh, the day-to-day of ministry can be something that we struggle with. Yeah. We get lazy in. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We know the end goal is, man, we're changing the world. We're, we're seeing lives change. This is all. But the day to day can be something we don't try to improve. We don't invest in or we become numb to. And and like you said, we 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 uh, we people observe us not loving Christ as much as we're loving the ministry or falling into that routine. You know, it's funny is I'm thinking back to my uh, self-help book days now. Okay. Uh-oh. It's not biblical, but self-help <laughs> book day, but it just is kind of apropos to what you just said. But here's the reality. Um, and you know this practically, and I can't remember who said this, but the guy said the difference between average and extraordinary is a small percentage. 
Mm. And what he was getting at is the rest of the world is average or below average with what they do. Right. They're cruising business as usual, mundane routine of life. Yeah. But if you just go the extra mile, which is not very far, and you just do the little things that make the big difference, they'll have lasting impact. I think I'm thinking of the guy who's a, a businessman, or I'm thinking of a salesman, or I'm thinking of a person who works at the uh, department store, store or whatever. You want to know the greatest thing you can do as an example of the gospel to lost people around you? Show up for work every day on time. Mm. Work hard and be a person of integrity. Mm. That right there is going to speak volume. And I would even submit you have a greater chance of impacting the lost mm -hmm. people around you than even we do at times because Absolutely. when we show no up, question. No you question. know, when a pastor shows up, it's like, well, you're supposed to live like that. We, you right. get paid to do that. Right. Let me go back to the question earlier because I, <laughs> yes, I, wanted, yes. to, I wanted to answer that question. Right. The way you put a mirror to your face every day, mm -hmm. James tells us the mirror is the word of God. That's right. So, Pastor, I think, leader, I think the greatest thing you can do, this is why we harp on right. so much the F-260 and a Bible reading plan mm -hmm. and get into the Word until the Word gets into you. Those aren't just cute phrases and mottos, sure. although they're kind of cute. They are They are cute phrases, but they they're not just cute Just cute, cute phrases, phrases right. <laughs> the reality is they are mantras for your life because here's the reality. If you're not growing in your relationship with the Lord, if you're not learning and growing in your relationship with the Lord, how can you expect people to follow yeah. you, right? Absolutely. So here's what I would say. Let's close with this because I think these are, this has been helpful this for me. This is the secret. This is the secret. I've been waiting to tell you. You've hung on long enough. Here's what I would say. How have I enjoyed ministry these past you know, 12, 13 years. I've been in ministry 15 years, but pastoring churches yeah. for 12 years now. How have I, and I've enjoyed, listen, has it been easy? No. I love when people, hey, how's the church going? You see him out of the car. Hey, how's the church? Man, it's going great. I'm like, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> nah, did I say that? Did I say that? I'm not, I'm it not saying not that. It may not be entirely accurate. I'm just saying that's not entirely accurate. Listen, if you're pastoring a church, you're in ministry, it's tough. Now, is it enjoyable? Yeah, but it's tough at times, right. okay? I'm not saying the ministry hadn't been tough. I'm, I, I'm not saying that hadn't been difficult, dark days of the soul. I'm not saying that, but here's what I'm saying. It's been enjoyable for me. Right. Here's why, Chris. I have adopted, and here's what you need to do. Let me suggest this to you. I have adopted this mindset that I need three slots of people, three categories of people in my life. Number one is this. I need a Paul in my life mm. at all times. You never outgrow the Paul. Now, sometimes you may, the, the Paul may become a Barnabas and now he's on the same level as you. And then at that point you get another Paul. And I'm not just talking about guys you're listening to or learning from. I'm yeah. talking about a guy you can pick up the phone yeah. and you could call for advice. I've got a few of those guys in my life. David Platt, Don Wilton at Spartanburg. Mark Dever is a good friend. I call him from time to time. Uh, just different guys. Yeah. Bryant Wright. Just different guys that I've looked up to. Tim LaFleur obviously has been that for years sure. and years. But Tim's an interesting one because Tim now has moved from being a Paul-like figure, mm -hmm. mentor I can call, to being a Barnabas as well. Yeah. Tim's a Barnabas in, in the sense of a counterpart, a partner in ministry, yeah. who we, we sharpen one another. You also need a Barnabas. Right. You Now, for me, the Barnabas Barnabases I have are both inside and outside the church. Mm -hmm. I used to meet with Eric Geiger 
who's now at Mariner's Church. Yeah. I was, like some of you, I was upset when he left Lifeway. Right. Selfishly, because we met every yeah. month together for accountability. <laughs> Love sure. the fact that he's at Mariners doing a great job. But the reality is we would meet. And then on the other weeks, two weeks later, I'd meet with Mark Dance right. again. And then my, my peers here at Long Hollow, my lead team guys and staff, these are some mm -hmm. of my closest friends. We eat lunch together. We hang out. We go on trips together. I mean, I love these guys. But you also need a Timothy. Right. And you need a Timothy because as you invest in people, you start to realize that some of the greatest joys you'll ever experience in ministry are not you carrying out or executing the ministry. Mm -hmm. It's you seeing them being equipped to carry out the ministry. And you realize that there's so much joy in that. Now, sadly, if you're looking at your life, just think of your own life now. Do you have somebody in the category of a Paul? I want to name you got to name it. Do you have somebody in the category of a, of a Barnabas? Hmm. And do you have someone in the category of a Timothy? If you don't, here's the challenge. Work on that. Yeah. Try to find people in those categories. And then you'll see that ministry, yes, is tough, but man, it's joyful. And right. it's like I said, there's no use taking the hill for God and hating the journey along the way. You can do both. We can take the hill for the kingdom of God and love the journey along the way. Wow. That is a great... Uh piece of insight. Great, great podcast, exciting information, but I want to tell everyone listening about something we have coming up. It is the live event Discipleship Blueprints. Ooh. We have a digital version of the Discipleship Blueprint. You can get online. You can download that. You can purchase that on the web. For the first time, by the way. You can download the, the whole right. thing, we take it home. We just made this available and uh, replicate.org slash buy blueprint. But there are those who want to attend in person and be here with us on, on, uh, on site here at Long Hollow to be trained by our Replicate team, Gus, Candy, myself, Pastor. Pastor Robbie, uh, Tim, everyone on the team, and then ministers from our church in every area, teaching and training specifically for student ministry, for kids mm. ministry, for uh, men's ministry, women's ministry, all of the areas. So that will be March 7th and 8th. 2019, March 7th and 8th, 2019. You can find out how to sign up for that at replicate.org. The live event will be here. We want to see you guys there. If you're interested in Well, let me just say that, this too. Check it out. Why, why do you want to come to a live event? Yes, you can take it home. That's great. Sure. But there's nothing that uh, kind of kind of replaces, if you will, mm -hmm. interaction and friendship sure. and networking and us getting to see you face right. to face. You know what's cool, Chris? A lot of people have gone to one blueprint mm -hmm. and then come back with their teams, Absolutely. come back with their yep. pastors. And so I just want encourage you. Uh, we'd love to meet you. If you're one of our listeners to our podcast and been listening for a while, we'd love to hang out with you in person. We make right. it purposely small so that we can have friendships and intimacy uh, and camaraderie with the group. So look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.